<laughs> we plugged a lot this episode. So many plugs. We should be an outlet. We should. Should be an outlet store. Whoa. We should be an outlet. Like an outlet, outlet mall. mall. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna go in the shop direction, like we're Menards now. I don't know because they sell outlets. I've never been to Menards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broken Art Podcast. My name, we're back. We're uh, back. My name is Adam, your co-host. I'm Callie, your other co-host. Well, hey. Long Hi. Time How? Okay, give me a recap. It's been it's been like two and a half weeks since we've seen our faces mm-hmm. together. Give me give me the skinny. What's up? Um. Well. I spent a week uh, feeling a little down in the dumps. I had a lot of dominoes and brownie pans. Uh, (laughs) We love brownie pans. It happens. Uh, I got my New York Sports Club gym job back. Oh, congrats. Yay, sports jobs. Yes. And I continued working for the uh, Open Jar Institute with the singer's masks that I've talked about. Uh, earlier on the podcast um i also just got to do a little uh demo recording for a friend i have no idea if they're gonna actually use it i I mean i hope it it is okay for them but uh it was part of a show that i got to do with open jar and they're making demos of all their tracks for a new musical and i was asked if uh if i wanted to do it so i got to do that the other day Oh, how cool is that, little recording artist? What the heck? Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I've also at Open Jar. I feel like my life is just Open Jar now. Uh, <laughs> it's an open jar of happiness. Well, it it, it is home. It is family for sure. Um, but when you're they here, had... you're family. <laughs> <laughs> open Jar Institute. When Olive you're here, Jarden. You're Olive. Oh, Open Jarden. Jarden. <laughs> open Jarden. Hashtag uh, start trend, trending open Jordan. Thank you. Uh, but I also got to see at Open Jar Studios the first live concert that I have experienced in over six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, How was that? How did that feel? It was weird. It was amazing. Um, I got to see Jay Armstrong Johnson. And they're doing, they did like a kind of a series over Labor Day weekend where they had different artists come on. Uh, Joshua Henry was on. Oh, uh, fun. Eva Nobosada was on. Uh, Kate Baldwin was on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, amazing. Um, and so each person got to like uh, donate all the proceeds to whatever charity or whatever. So Jay Armstrong Johnson had everything go to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Mm. Um, and I got to actually get in for free because uh, I was working on the masks, but I, you know, I, I split a donation too, but. Uh, you got in for free? Yeah. By being a good person? It, it, I mean, that they're just so amazing over there. They really take care of, you know, the people and they're very fair with their transactions and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was amazing. It was so 
weird though like mm. I-, I feel like everyone was kind of apprehensive a little bit scared sure um but honestly like after he sang that first song i almost started crying because i just missed mm. it so much um and, and you could tell you know like he was a little because he wasn't so he was used to performing for people and having that audience feedback and we weren't really used to that communication either and so it was kind of weird but but overall the night was just a big relief and just a big love and i i I miss it and i went home and i was like i don't want to (laughs) perform i don't want to go on stage no yeah but it was good so that that was my past couple weeks so how how have you been you've been so busy you started (laughs) school like you started so many things yeah um Life is kind of a whirlwind right now. I've been doing the school thing, um, getting content and everything ready for the students. Um, Up until like two and a half, or gosh, two, either two or two and a half weeks ago, we were going to be in a hybrid fashion, right? So we were going to have 25% of the human body um, four days of the week. So group A on Monday, Group B, Tuesday, Wednesday, cleaning day, Thursday, group C, Friday, group D. Well, two and a half weeks ago, then the district is uh, decided that we were going to be fully online until November. So then we kind of had to switch our brains and switch gears and everything. Um, During that time, we were still doing auditions. Um, We were able to do a safe, like socially distanced um audition uh, making sure we have time to clear out the room and everything so it was nice to hear like other people sing um again which was uh really really special and you had all these kids come back into the choir room for the first time in uh, six seven months and there are their eyes are darting all over the place and they're so excited to be there um so that was fun. We did some virtual auditions too. Those went uh, pretty well. Um, and now we're just in meetings all day and we're pushing out content through um, an online platform for the students to get it um, because they're all going to be distance um, till November. Maybe they'll come back earlier if um, things look better, but th- till the end of the first quarter is where we're going to be at. So yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Right now, they don't train you for this in teacher school. Um, right. and why would, why would they? I mean, right. but now it's like, oh, yeah, we're gonna, we're definitely going to teach this in teacher school now. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, so in terms of choir, what are you guys doing? How does that work? So um, every, if you ask 20 choir directors what they're doing, you'll get 20 different answers. Okay. So what we're doing right now is um, the, the model that we have is we have to push out content on a certain day and they have X number of days to complete that content. And then we push out the next round of content and stuff. So it's pretty asynchronous right now. So it's like, what do you do? You, we want 
want them to sing. We want them to have something prepared, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what we're doing is we're um, picking rep and stuff. We're going to be doing some sight reading ear training stuff. So we're pushing out videos. Um, we're sending PDFs of some music. Um, we're putting other music in like folders and stuff so they can like pick it up from the school and then practice it at home. So it's like they'll have assignments, quote unquote. Um, it's like seeing these pages or whatever, and then submit an audio recording of you singing it or whatever, or put in the solfege in your music. Okay, take a picture of your music, send it back to us, you know. Um, it's pretty loose right now, and so we're trying to figure out ways to have contact with them on a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis. So office hours are really valuable. We had our first round of office hours today and it was so nice to see all the students and you know a couple of them are you know I mean a good majority of them are really bummed um that we're not in person but I mean safety's sake right but uh that they're all super excited to see uh people again yeah um, so it it's it's hard um anyone who says that they've adjusted to this is lying <laughs> I think um, but I don't know, seeing the kids and seeing them excited to start doing stuff um, just makes it all worth it. Well, I think this is a great opportunity to promote said singer's mask. Woo! Plug, 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 plug. So if you're listening and you're a choir director, or maybe you're in choir or some sort of singing congregation of sorts, um, mm -hmm. we uh, at Open Jar in New York, we're making these singers masks and what they are, instead of just your ordinary masks, you know, when you have them on your face, it, it's kind of hard, you know, like if you move your mouth too much, they move around, they come off your nose. Uh, it's hard to like really get those nice pure vowels. Well, this is such an infomercial, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, are we sponsored right now? Are we sponsored? We are not sponsored. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just love these guys. Um, oh, the good of your heart. It's basically, it. so it's a bridged nose. It's, it's very nice and firm. Uh, but it's basically a mask that's shelved outwards about mm, two inches, two, three inches. So you have all of a sudden, you have all this space on the inside of your mask where you can actually like breathe and like make your vowels and do the sorts of things that you need to do. Um, also, uh, it, it doesn't block the sound like at all. Like they somehow figured out a way for it to pretty much sound like your normal voice with without any coverings um and i know we have it in white we have it in concert black we have uh we're i don't know if we have them yet but we're going to be able to have ones with a little mouthpiece hole for like horn players and people in bands <gasps> so if you think that you your choir or someone you know would benefit from ordering these hit us up at brokenartpodcast at gmail.com or if you know us directly just hit us up on social medias or text us or whatever um and i can probably get you set up we're, we're getting a lot of uh orders in so it's pretty exciting stuff 
That's so, um, that's so awesome. Um, folks, it's normal is never going to be normal again, but until we get some way closer to that, um, getting these masks and singing safely and playing safely again, that's going to be really, really important. So um, get the quality material that you need. Hit us up. We'll yes. look you up. Look yes. you up. Uh, Millican University just posted a video. Uh, they did a socially distanced choir rehearsal outside with the singer's masks, and it sounds amazing. I oh, mean, I saw really that does. video. Didn't they just sound so good? It was really good. So, so yeah, if you're interested, feel free to hit me up. It took us a good 20 minutes to get here uh, to the intro, but we're here, y'all. We're here. All right, so we got the stupid catching up stuff out of the way. Now it's time what people are really here for, content. All right, what, is, what are we talking about this episode, my friend? Uh, we are talking about how to prepare the big prepare. Prepare. Prep. Prepare. Prepare. I, I'd like to make a quick little disclaimer on this. Sure. Um, I, I came up with this uh, topic literally this morning <laughs> when I was having my coffee. Um, and I was thinking about this and I was, I wanted to talk about our process. This is how we do it. This isn't the preparation Bible. This isn't the, here's what you must do. This is just what works for Callie and I, okay? Um, so if you don't agree with some of that, that's a-okay. Find a different process. But maybe this gives you some inspiration. Callie's going to drop some actress um, perspective, and I'm going to drop some directory um, perspective. And it's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we have interviews on the show too. Like we asked Riley about his preparation. We asked uh, Dr. Amundsen about his preparation. So it's just, you're getting a little bit of everyone. I think everyone's different. And I think that's, that's kind of the fun part about being an artist. You know, no one does it exactly the same. So this is such a basic and albeit obvious question. <laughs> why is it important to prepare? Like, why should we prepare? Why shouldn't we A, make it up as we go along or B, fly by the seat of our pants? Mm -hmm. like, why, why is it so important that we are prepared and not rely on, oh, it'll just come together. Right. While flying by the seat of my pants is very entertaining and very fun. <laughs> uh, it's very simultaneously stressful. And I found that if I am not prepared, I have a lot of anxiety going into whatever project I'm going into. Um, and that ultimately, even though I think I know what's going to happen, I, I flub it up somehow, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm because I'm just so anxious that I don't know the stuff right away. So um, mm -hmm. definitely for performance quality, uh, you know, and whether that be on a test or like, on a stage or wherever, uh, performance quality, you know, you want to be someone that people can work with too. You, you want to be able to have a conversation about whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, setting up on that is, is essential, I think. Mm -hmm. 
what my favorite, one of my favorite quotes of all time is um, a quote that Dwight D. Eisenhower made. It may not, I don't think it's like his quote, but he's very famous for saying it. The quote is, having a plan is useless, but planning is essential, mm. you know? In the world of live entertainment, um, what makes it so great is that anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. It's not like a movie or a TV show where you can edit things out or whatever. And the best way to prepare to be unprepared is to prepare with the idea that you won't always be prepared. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I think it might. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my philosophy whenever I go into a project is uh, without overstepping like the director or whoever's leading the thing, uh, try to be the most prepared person in the room. You know, try to mm -hmm. sh at least strive for that. Uh, you know, at least uh, just so that you can have that respectable you know and it and it always it, it's so much nicer working with people who just know it yeah it's so much mm -hmm. easier and they just get it and it's you mm -hmm. you ask them about ideas or you 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 know direct them in a certain way and it's just the collaboration makes it so much easier so if anything yeah. just do it for the kindness of other people you know not burdening them uh Oh, totally. And I think uh, we'll get to this when I get to my my section of stuff. Being like at the head of something like being a director or a conductor, your ensemble, your cast will not feel prepared if you're if you're not prepared. I know that's very simple and it's easy to have like a God complex or whatever. But I've been in shows where, you know, I don't care how good you are, you're you know, some people maybe block on the fly or whatever, who maybe don't have as much experience um, as they should to be blocking on the fly, mm -hmm. but then everyone else leaves feeling unprepared as well. So it's not about prep, not just about preparation for yourself's sake, but for the whole entire group. So from the actresses, singer, performer perspective, um, what do you do? Let's say you just got cast in a show of, I'm looking at uh, stuff on my desk, uh, uh, tape, tape the musical. Okay, great. All right. What happens before the audition? How do you prepare the audition? And everything that happens with the rehearsal process leading up to opening night. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so if I get an audition uh, and say there's materials that are sent, uh, I always will study the homework first. I, it's, 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 the, it's the material prep that I always focus on first because I want that to be in my body. I want to like not have to think about that. So that's the mm -hmm. pen and paper. That's the singing. That's the physical thing of what you're going to do. Uh, so get that learned and just get that in your body so that you can start to work on, okay, well, what is the story? What is it saying? Um, think about it from an acting perspective. If there's movement, if there's dance, think about um, what that dance means uh, and, you know, try to, try to get what, try to, try to get the story from it. Um, if it's a show that's already known, then 
study the crap out of it as much as you can before the audition uh, and, and say, okay, you got cast, study the show. Again, uh, once you get into a show or go on to a project or go to like have a cabaret show or something, uh, that suddenly becomes your school. I like to think of it as school. Um, you want to study up every single aspect that you can of it. You want to, you know, feel like you can have an hour lecture on it easily. Like you could teach a whole semester on whatever show you're doing. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go full throttle dramaturg, uh, but it is important to, to uh, familiarize yourself with, you know, the 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 world of the character the history the um whatever it is that they're dealing with uh and so let's see if it's an audition and it's like bring your own materials just bring yourself i mean I, you should already have a, a book prepared uh so that's another thing is just have a book prepared i guess uh but but bring yourself and hopefully it's what they're looking for so if I were cast in, in tape, the musical, then I would look up, you know, when was tape invented? You know, who, who used <laughs> tape? Was tape only meant for, like, the wealthy? Like, and, like, uh, <laughs> you know, just, like, what, what is the timeline of tape? And, like, mm -hmm. where is this tape musical set from? And, like, how does tape feel on my body? How does tape feel wow. on paper? It, I mean, you just kind of have to- We struck gold. We struck gold with we, this musical. This is I'm a new musical you. in development. Tape the musical. Tape, tape the musical. Broken Art Podcast. Nobody can take it. <laughs> no, it's ours now. It's you can't make ours. a musical for tape without buying it from us first. <laughs> But it, you kind of have to get nerdy about it. And it's one of the things that I kind of like, you know, my, the intellectual side of my brain uh, mm -hmm. really kind of loves that. And just, I think, leaning into the preparation and finding joy within it is going to help you because you're going to be more fascinated. You're going to be more invested in whatever project that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'd say just really go for it. And again, like, try to be the most prepared person in the room, you know, try to be able to be the best collaborator that you can be. The big thing that um, I worry about um, when I'm working with people, when we get to like the last like couple weeks, um, where we're really putting the finishing touches on, we're trying to make things as artistic as possible. I'm always really concerned with health like keeping mm. yourself healthy. Let's say you're in like an eight week long process. Um, those last three weeks can be really, really brutal because you've had five weeks of all these intense rehearsals mm -hmm. um, or even if it's a months long process and you need to keep that energy up somehow. And the best way you can mm -hmm. do that is by staying healthy. What do you do to stay healthy? Totally. Um, well, I think it's important to note that being healthy for a show does not start the night of dress rehearsal, number one. <laughs> you know, drinking, suddenly drinking five bottles of water for two weeks before your shows isn't going to help you. I, yeah. it, it will help you, but it Yeah, is. it will, but maybe do it earlier. 
Well, I, I think that it's just kind of an ongoing process. I think the best way to tackle the physical aspects is to just make it a part of your daily life. So mm-hmm. I try to drink a lot of water. You know, I try to get really good exercise. I try to eat really health, healthy. Um, and sleep for me is a really big one. Uh, for some reason, my body just really likes nine hours of sleep. Just like that's when it's Oof. when it's happy. I would and, be so lucky. <laughs> oh, that right. sounds amazing. And so I, I, when I figured that out about myself in college, I, uh, you know, <laughs> I started going uh, to bed at 10 o'clock so that I could wake up at six and go to the gym. You know, well, I guess that's eight hours, but you know what I mean. Um, mm. But I, I would, it's, it's the intentional preparation as well as uh the mental preparation mental preparation is huge i think it's just as important as physical preparation um when a show is coming up you know and you're in those final weeks it can feel really rushed it can feel really long and gruesome and tiring um and just finding peace and finding calmness uh and and not feeling like everything's moving so fast because it is it is mm-hmm. um but staying calm staying in your body staying grounded um and and trying to like visualize what that show is going to feel like when you are at your i guess self actualize is a bad term to put it but but it is mm-hmm. kind of like okay how is this show going to feel if i I'm doing this in my most comfortable, most confident, most like healthiest, best self. And like imagining that and imagining that and pretty much manifesting it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so going through, you know, in your head, whether it's like your blocking or your prop changes or your costume changes and just kind of like feeling the show, feeling the room, feeling the stage and the area and just taking it all in and being really present in the space, I think helps that a lot. Um, uh, Yeah. Hold on. You know, it's funny. I was literally just, I literally 20 seconds before that happened, I was like, isn't it about time for the thing to shut off? <laughs> hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, and I think it's even, it's especially important to uh, really kind of take the, take the self-care things that you've already been doing, like the sleep, like the water, like the stretching, like the meditation, um, and kind of rarely uh, prioritize that and kind of elongate the the need for that um, mm-hmm. when it is getting to crunch time, right? And it is getting to the anticipation of an audience and, you know, show time and live and everything. It's really important to recognize that, but take a step back and really focus on what you need to do for yourself. I love hearing you talk about it because you turn so guru about it. <laughs> so throughout this process, we talked a little bit about this in the preface, um, but the importance of being prepared in a group setting. Um, 
like how do you see like your role um like say an actor in a show as it relates to your castmates and then the directing team like how have you found success in being a collaborator um yeah there? um and let's say by being prepared or how how is that environment for you usually look like because i know a lot of people have different mentalities some people think ah oh, it's the director we can't look straight in his face uh, or with the cast it's like i'm not here to make friends you know mm, and i think those are very negative ways to think about it um but we've seen it those people exist sure um but yeah tell tell us uh, your experience um with all of that yeah i i think i want to open this question up by uh saying i used to be really uh, anxious about going on stage and about going up there and like messing it up or like you know making a fool of myself in front of my friends who are on stage and then like my friends in the audience and the people in there um, once I kind of really started to learn that it's not about me the show mm-hmm. is not about me it, it it's and it's not that I was like uh, selfish or obsessed like self-obsessed about it I was really anxious that I would mess up um but once I realized that it's not about me you know take the pressure off yourself and just say you are a vessel and you are just serving the story you are mm-hmm. just serving the show it's not about you as an individual it is just you and your team and you're making something happen on a stage. Thinking of everyone in the room as a human being, I think mm-hmm. it's really easy uh, to put a lot of rose-colored glasses and a lot of pedestals, and a lot of people put pedestals on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but just respecting the authority and the roles that people have within the show. Um, but seeing them as human beings, they're just like you and me, you know, mm-hmm. and most importantly, they are collaborators. You know, we are all artists. It's not, we are artists and there is a director who's dictating the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, feel comfortable, like be able to see them as a person, be able to see them on your level, while still giving them the respect of their authority. Um, Mm -hmm. But don't be afraid to, you know, maybe ask a question, ask, you know, I I was thinking I should do this, or like, what do you think about this? Um, And, you know, don't step on their toes and don't become a director, but but it is a really, I mean, the the arts is such a collaborative process. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wouldn't exist without collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's like, I, I love when uh, people ask questions um, because you don't know what you don't know. And I have, <laughs> things have been brought to me by singers or actors that just completely went over my head in the process. Like, okay, what about this taco that's on stage? What do we right. do with that? I was like, oh, that was supposed to go away two scenes ago. Let, let's figure it like like I said, you, you can prepare for everything in the world, but you can't prepare for anything. Mm-hmm. 
And that it's one of the most exciting parts is to see what it becomes, you know, after mm-hmm. it's all said and done. And even still, it's you're halfway in the middle of the process when you're ending the show, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it could yeah. go on forever and it would be ever changing, which is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And then in terms of, uh, I, I guess, dealing with people who maybe have an ego or maybe see themselves as like like a huge authority where you know nothing they're they are the ultimatum right yeah, yeah, yeah um i think leading with i i this whole episode i'm i'm sounding like a hippie it's the shirt i think <laughs> it, you are so if we if I, I close my eyes i think we're at, at in the 60s i feel i feel very hair the musical right now <laughs> I feel so very hair. Woodstock right now. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> that being said, uh, I think leading with love and, and just being, I think just being open and, and, and yeah. seeing that, you know, even though these people may have a, a big head or, or mm-hmm. be selfish or whatever, kind of like understanding the deeper meaning of that. And, and, maybe it's it's not always right but like maybe it's an insecurity maybe it's whatever oh totally um yeah you know my philosophy when working with difficult people it's um i have no obligation to them but be kind right exactly and that's so Um, easy and it's free it's so easy to be kind um but that doesn't mean you're pushover you also have to be firm as well you have to you have to be kind 100 um and people like you know they're sometimes hard to work with there is an insecurity there mm-hmm. um there is a my way or the highway mentality mm-hmm. and whether you like it or not at the end of the day unless something egregious happens you're working with them mm-hmm. um and there may conversations may need to happen um confrontation may need to happen mm-hmm. um but it's very good of someone to be cognizant enough to be this isn't about us it's about the production it's not about the actor it's about right. the production the actor's right. part of the production but it's not the production when yeah. you get three four tony awards and your name is on the marquee yeah okay then it's about you but until then it, it's not well even then i don't know how much even they, then, they love even it. Then, no, no, yeah. <laughs> i mean sometimes they do don't get me wrong sometimes oh, they get a little yeah. <laughs> that's why we have our diva series <laughs> that was just that's a great plug for our D- diva series you can listen to patty lapone uh, yeah on right now it's our next, our next uh diva series will be coming out soon oh bring one it yeah we can mm. produce it yeah uh, my final question for you is, hey, pre-show ritual, okay? What do you do before shows set? Get, get your head in the game. High School Musical, gotta get you, get you, get you, get your head in the game. Uh, I really like to, I, I think one of the most important parts for me uh, is that initial dressing room. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's good that we're getting in depth with it. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I always like to get there really, really early um, and, and just chill out and just like have my body be in the space. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then I'll go to the dressing room. I'll take my time with makeup because uh, I hate getting rushed with like makeup and costumes. Um, I'll pop in some headphones, listen to just relaxing music. I'll never listen to music from the actual show if it's a musical. Um, I'll just listen to the stuff that I really like to enjoy, you know, just things that make me feel like me. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that whole, like, before you kind of get to the stage is kind of like me time. Um, I like talking to other people, but sometimes other people will make me anxious because maybe mm-hmm. they're excited because they have a family member coming or something like that. Or, But I'll just kind of, you know, just be really grateful for where I am and what I'm doing. And uh, I'll have my script. I, I never get rid of my script uh, if, I, if I can help it. I'll always, always like look over my lines no matter what. Um, and just kind of go through the show, be like, all right, all right, make sure I have everything set. And then once everything kind of mechanical like that is done, if I can get on that stage with the curtains closed, I will. I will. And mm-hmm. I will just kind of stand there and, again, take in the the backstage lights and the set. And uh, if I can help it, I'll do um, – my physical warm-up there. So in college, we learned this movement series uh, by Melissa Rosenberger, um, who's our, our, our professor. Uh, she's amazing. And, and she taught us this little movement series of like five different things. And it's kind of like a, a pyramid thing where you do one thing, you'll do it backwards, and then you'll do that thing again and then add on and do it backwards. And so it's kind of like that. Um, but it gets your body warm and it stretches you out and it's just kind of like a good meditation because everything's really slow you get to stretch out your back really nice and you get to you know strengthen your core and everything like that seconds before i will go on that's when kind of like i'll start to get nervous um and i know it's only because it's the first time that i'm going out in front of this audience Mm uh but it's I'll just kind of you know close my eyes take some deep breaths be in the moment be notice the space feel the space just be grateful one of the best things I've learned is to just be grateful um you know have nothing but positivity positivity uh in your mind uh and that's kind of what really helps me it's like thinking about you're so grateful that this audience gets to experience live theater tonight and share this story with you. Um, and that, that really helps me get on stage. And then usually once I'm on stage, then I'm good for the rest of the show. You just hop on the train and you go and it ends before you even know it and you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So that's great. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of really, uh, now that I think, yeah, it, it really is a meditative process. And I think how I deal with that anxiety, that show anxiety is kind of through, meditation like that sometimes i'll use essential oils if i need it you know just just really try to get my mind calm and focused so i have uh some questions for you oh so you have a few different roles as a director authority well you've also been an actor but for the sake of the episode we'll Mm -hmm. uh give you the director role uh, but even then, you've had director roles uh, in musicals. You've been a musical director in those shows. You've taught children's theater. Um, you've 
uh, and you've also conducted choirs. So is there like different processes for each or is it kind of all the same? It sounds like so many different hats, mm -hmm. right? Because um, choir is different when and music directing is different and actually directing and then teaching theater mm -hmm. um, is different. Also, preface, I'm still a child. Um, yeah, we're I both still in have our 40 20s. some. We're <laughs> both, we don't know anything. I, we will, I'm going to remake, we're going to remake this episode in like five years to be like, okay, this is. Oh, that would now be fascinating. This is, but in my experience um, so far, the pr preparation process always feels the same for me. I always start preparing the minute I hear, hey, can you do this? Uh, hey, um, we need you to conduct this. Can you teach this class? Uh, can you music direct, direct the show? I'm like, okay, great. When can I have the material by? Because um, I need to get my hands on it right, right, right away. Um, I am a firm believer <laughs> um, that I will get all of my anxiety, um, sleepless nights out of the way if I do all the hard work beforehand. If I just get it all done beforehand, I will be fine. Because then the stuff I didn't plan on, like that taco being on stage, will be the only thing. Not the, oh crap, and I didn't, I don't know what we're gonna do for measure five right here. I never even thought about what phrase I wanted. Um, so they all sound different, but for me, my brain always works the same way. Mm. It's, okay, yes, I'll do it. Give me the material as soon as you can so I can prepare for it as soon as I can. Or if I'm selecting music um, for my choirs or whatever, like, okay, um, as soon as the one season ends, even before that, before the season ends, I'm thinking about, oh, how fun would it be to do this piece? Have you ever been in a position where you have had the authority to create a project like you were in charge of picking the show you were in charge of picking the music and like how do you like go about like preparing for that like what is your process yeah um i want to say thank the lord that i've never been in charge of like actually picking a show to direct i've only been um an assistant director when i'm stage directing mm -hmm. um with musicals and stuff, um, you often don't get to pick the show. You can like give some suggestions if you already have a working relationship okay. with the director. Um, when I'm teaching my theater classes, there's a structure that I always go for, for if I'm teaching middle school theater. For high school theater, I like to change it up a lot. Um, I'll go to different texts, um, like to different textbooks and stuff. I'll reflect on what happened the year before, um, just so I can get that ready. The ones that I have the most say over is when I'm programming music mm. um, for choirs I'm doing with. Um, I have a church choir that I've been working with for um, a while now. And I work, I have a rehearsal every Wednesday with them. And then we perform two to three pieces every Sunday. So my brain is constantly 
like you gotta think way ahead. I yeah. literally have to think so far. So I would make a schedule. I would make um, kind of like themes around it because what Dr. Robinson was talking about earlier uh, with programming. Um, if you have a certain idea, you can pick multiple pieces of music. Um, or if you're trying to work on a certain pedagogical thing, you can like, oh, here are some composers that I know or a certain era of music that I know would work on these things. Um, so there's a lot to consider. Timing, um, pedagogy, and message are like the three things that I usually think about. I have like three um, binders of music, music I want to do, music that I have done, and music that I'm not familiar with. So I'm always, one, getting introduced to new rep, two, um, I can pull out old pieces I hadn't done in like a year or so that I really, really like. Um, and three, being like, oh, that piece really didn't work out. Or how can I make this piece work better in the future with a new ensemble? I'm interested to know, uh, especially for choir, I know it, it kind of applies to musicals when you kind of have the same a company or the same students you know from year to year but mm -hmm. do you pick the music uh how much of it is uh what you want to do how much of it is like what you have the people for or the kind of mm -hmm. sound for that year like what is that mix about i think this is a trap that a lot of people fall into mm -hmm. um and i was warned about this very very early on in my career don't program your favorite piece of choir music. Mm. Don't program your favorite <laughs> because you're going to be disappointed. Um, that's not to say like you, you shouldn't do it right away, right? Like mm. first, first day of rehearsal, oh my gosh, everyone, I'm so excited. Here's my favorite piece of choir music of all time. And you don't even know what they sound like. And then you hate the piece mm -hmm. because you're playing on the piano and you're getting carpal tunnel because you're, banging out the alto part uh, louder and louder. You know it because it's been your favorite song for six years, right? Um, but that also it doesn't mean that you should pick low quality music because it's easy. But um, let's say Susie over here in the soprano section she is, um, she's older, and so her larynx don't do the things that they used to and stuff. So she, as a soprano, she can't hit um, some of those high notes anymore. So you have to modify that. There's been so many countless times um, where I've like had to modify a certain line that may, got, may have gone too high for the sopranos um, or whatever um, to make it work. And if 11 of my sopranos can sing it and then one can't, okay, we can add a new line in there or you can move down to the alto line. Um, you need to be very, very flexible and whatever group you have is whatever group you have. And you should be grateful that there is even a group in front of you. That, that's the way I think. You should be grateful that these people wanna take time out of their days to do it. when I've been able to select music for um, youth choirs and stuff, the, the, the big, huge, massive thing is where are they at in their vocal development? Where are they at? 
because you, especially for um, tenor bass voices, during that lovely voice change that all um, cis males go through, um, the vocal mutation and uh, treble voices go through that as well. Um, but it's such a place of insecurity for tenor bass voices. Mm. And if you program a piece that is not in a place in their development, some of these kids can only sing five notes. I, you know, if I'm working with um, a bunch of jerks or whatever, it, it's on me, it's on my shoulders to still make those jerks sound good. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's still a process and you have a job to do. Their job is to sing and write down with their pencils and show up to the rehearsals and not lose their music in the toilet again. <laughs> Your job is to teach and to conduct and listen and respond. Yeah. Like that's what you got to do with whatever group is in front of you. How do you prepare for all the different uh, categories of rehearsals? Let's talk about the rehearsal process. So uh, in your choir rehearsals, in your musical rehearsals, how do you prepare for those? And then also maybe hitting on how you approach the different age ranges that you work with when you think about the different age range age ranges right um you have to consider that but you also have to consider what the goal of the rehearsal is and so backtracking even more before the rehearsal you have a rehearsal plan Mm. you have everything that you want to get done written down I need to know what exact measures I'm working on, what exactly I want to work on, if I'm working on pitch, rhythm, musicality, all of these things. Um, And you need to know what section is doing what at each time. So like, okay, tenor basses, I'm working with them on their rhythm right here. Sopranos and altos, you're fine, but also clap your own rhythms while this is happening happening or start learning the words, especially if this is a foreign language. Um, if I'm doing piece of foreign language, all right, hey, this section, stand up, let's work on this part. Other sections start mouthing, mouth the words along with us. Mm. So they're always doing something or like, okay, soprano, alto, bass, you're singing, tenors, um, clap a steady beat for us while we're doing it. So it's always collaborative. Mm-hmm. And everyone's always doing something because the last thing you want is the tenors and basses to be sitting down doing nothing for five minutes because then you're going to have a ping ping ball machine in your choir room. And that's the same for every single age group. And it's, it's always the tenors and the and basses. All, I'm a tenor. I'm a tenor. So I can say that. It's true. <laughs> After like six minutes of not doing stuff, I'm like, I wonder what happens if I throw a pencil at my best friend who's singing bass right now. You know, <laughs> what happens? Sorry, all my choir <laughs> directors. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm still, an, I'm still an amateur at this. I've been very, very fortunate to work with a bunch of different choirs as a conductor, um, music director, a bunch of shows, conducting some operas and stuff. Um, but I think just the foundation is you have a rehearsal plan written down always. From that, then you can structure your warm-up. Uh, warm-ups are one of the last things you do before rehearsal, at least in my case. Um, so if we're working on this musicality, then okay, I'm going to do a warm-up, 
that's based on musical phrases. Or if there's, I'm going to work on pitch and there's like a certain melodic sequence that I know that's going to be difficult, I'll make that melodic mm. sequence into a warm up, you know, ba, ba, da, you know, and then I'd make I a little warm up around that. Um, just so you're always getting it in your ears. If they're singing a Phrygian scale, in the, if they're in the Phrygian scale in this one piece, it's like, okay, I'm going to do a warm up where it's, you know, C major, okay, then C minor, and then C Dorian, then C, you know, so mm -hmm. you're starting from what they know into what you want them to know. And there's always building blocks there. And teaching um, and conduct, you're always winding it back. You're always like, here is what you know, and here's how what you know helps you to what I want you to know. Mm. Um, and there's always a pro I mean, I, I have an entire bookshelf right here dedicated. I have seven or eight books about rehearsal methods because it's, it's such a craft to be able to do. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be or, and where I could be. Like 10 years from now, I could be doing stuff completely different than what I am now. Getting them prepared without even them knowing. Yes. I, I love that. I think that is make brilliant. them make your group feel like the best group in the world. Make yeah. them be like, wow, um, glory from Pippin has never sounded this good. No ensemble's ever sounded this good before. It's like that's it's all about empowerment. Like yeah. I've always told you end rehearsal on a high note. So you have something to talk about and compare it to the next rehearsal. Mm, I love Always that. end it on a high. Always make them feel good when they're going out of the room. Obviously, some days that doesn't happen. happen. Like I've been crabby sometimes. Um, <laughs> you know, I always heard the verbiage, don't be a sage on the stage, be a guide on the side. Mm. Sort of thing. You want to bring out the musicality, you are not the musicality. The director, right. the teacher is not the musicality. You can't be a choir of one person in your accomplishments. Yeah. You bring the musicality out because that's your skill set. Your skill set is having an idea and trying to get it out. Their skill set is making beautiful noises and being very, very musical. Now I'm wondering when it is coming to crunch time and you're about to have a concert or a show, um, how do you stay sane and how do you stay so healthy? Um, how do you, and like, I think mo the most important part is that us as uh, kind of like the, the ants, the actors, the singers, you know, the people who are going to perform, we rely so heavily on the, on the director when it's kind of getting to that time and things are getting mm -hmm. a little crazy. So how do you yourself with the same sorts of pressures uh, stay mm -hmm. sane and also keep us uh, feeling safe and okay and reassured? Yeah. Um, while um, I've been touting a lot about it's a collaborative process, whether you like it or not, you are the focal point um, for these singers, uh, for these actors and stuff. Um, not all the time, but like if you're conducting the pit and they have to watch you for a cue, they're going to feel severely, um, severely insecure 
if you're you're freaking out about that cue for like the week before we're not getting we're not getting <laughs> you need to uh, i remember one of the first shows i music directed i did that and you know what we never got that cue we never got that cue because i was so freaked out about it and i showed it and i showed it and i think for the last like the last two or three shows i was like hey I I think it's fine. I think it's come together quite nicely. It was a lie. But when it when we did it during that show, we got it completely. And then after it was like, yeah, see, it was no thing. We got it. You, you know, it's but on the inside I was like, oh, <laughs> please get it right. Uh because um they already the actors and the singers already have enough nervous energy with them being up in front of everybody. Um, at most, they see the back of my head or if I'm on a video screen, they don't even see me then, you know? But that group is always seeing my face. And so I should be able to televise confidence and calmness because to say that they, I could put a sheet over myself and conduct the pit um, without the actors even needing to see me, they could do that. Uh, a lot of uh, professional groups could do that, but the conductors there is to negotiate between the orchestra and the singers to make sure that we're all on the same page, that I'm giving the same facial expressions, I'm helping with the cutoff, all of these things when you're working with choirs, chamber groups, chamber groups can function without a conductor just fine, right? Um, but it's about building their confidence to do that. Because um, I've been a part of chamber groups or of um, conducted chamber groups where there's a lot of insecurity and about taking ownership. I think of um, great chamber groups like, um, Contus and stuff, or Chanticleer, um, that they don't need a conductor. They just breathe together and they just go. Um, you know, I played viola for 10 years and I was in quartets and everything and we didn't have a conductor there. Um, and we were able to do that confidently because our director was able to give us enough instruction to do that. Um, so you make your group prepared by you being prepared and not televising if you're freaking out. When you get to show day, when you get to your first show, your job isn't to freak out anymore. Your job is to be like, here's some suggestions. You're gonna do great, you're gonna kill it. You've done so awesome. You all sound great. I can't believe um, how much work you've put into this because they deserve that. Mm -hmm. There will always be mistakes. Your job is never perfection your job is improvement, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, even if the show is not what it looked like at all and you are stressing about it and it's not good, I've been a part of that too. And it's just not, oh my gosh, this isn't a great show. You have to get in front of your group or, or choir, whatever, um, and they sound like rusty nails. And you're like, thank you all so much for your hard work. Let's, let's do our best out there tonight because you deserve it. You deserve um, to have your product be shown. I've definitely seen the choir, like up there on stage, the choir director, and 
just like darting their eyes and going. (laughs) 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 And it's so true, especially for Mm -hmm. I've I've been in a couple of choir concerts where like the there where there have been shows where it's like, all right, we've got this. It's just so much joy just coming from their face, which then makes me feel like, all right, we're having fun. We're doing this thing. I'm proud of us. And then I've had concerts where they're like sweating and they're like just fear in their eyes and they're like just so nervous and like almost like Mm -hmm. shaking and it does it like makes me feel insecure that I haven't you know that I haven't done the work or that I'm not getting it right or like are we even going to make it through the song are we gonna are the is the audience gonna think that we're like yeah I think I you know I think there's a time and a place to be really pictorial about and really pedal to the metal nose to the grindstone and not per se have conventional fun rehearsals mm-hmm. because at the end of the day a rehearsal isn't like what makes a good rehearsal isn't that oh it was fun you can have a fun rehearsal by only singing for three minutes and playing games for the rest of the time mm-hmm. like the fun should come from the hard work that you're putting into it there's a time and a place for that but the time and a place for it is not while you're at a performance i don't think i you know i've gone on you know i had rehearsals where i was kind of really making people work and stuff and really trying to get them to do what i want them to do and it was kind of like all right we gotta do this come on i know you can do it you've shown me you can do it let's do it let's do it let's go let's go you're better than us come on let's do it and then come concert time or performance time, I'm like, oh my gosh, you all sound great. Your Maybe they fix. So sweet. Yes. Yeah, that, that's such a good chord. Wow, it's, it's really in tune. You did it. So how um, do you uh, stay healthy, physically healthy and mentally healthy during that time? Um, eat a lot of Buffalo Wild Wings after each concert, each show that you do. Just um, blazing brown. <laughs> 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 um, I sleep sleep is very very important. Um, I didn't realize how important it needed to be until you know I got to college and stuff. As as like an actor person, because it wasn't like my um my life or my drive, I knew I wanted to be more on the directing team side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could like, all right, I'm going to go to bed at 1 a.m. Okay. All right. I'm up for the matinee show. Let's go. <laughs> uh, let's go. Yeah. Um, and I could do it. It, it, it. I could survive just, just fine on that. Uh, but at the expense of having a quality performance, you know, um, so in directing, especially when you're going to rehearsals and stuff and your life is kind of preparing this music and after rehearsals, um, think about the next rehearsal or what could have gone better and all these things. Um, taking time to step away from the material. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I've been absorbed. I, I'm notorious for being absorbed into um, literature and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sometimes you have to spend hours and hours looking at a score and stuff to really, really get it and to analyze and to make sure you have everything, but you got to put it down. 
like you you have to put it down yeah art, art is my life yeah it's all of our lives it's also our paycheck and we don't get a paycheck if we do a subpar job mm-hmm. um and it's not about being not just about being prepared for the rehearsals it's about being prepared to be a collaborator as well and no one wants to work with the crabby person mm-hmm. um having water all the time having you know having coffee in the morning if you like have a morning rehearsal or a weekend morning rehearsal um getting enough yeah just getting enough sleep hydrating properly make sure you eat your three square meals a day um it, it's really simple like there's not a lot of physicality that goes <laughs> into it mm-hmm. um as is is with a, a stage performer like i'm I'm not doing a paradure or a grand jeté and stuff on stage. Right. Um, and also I'm like waving my arms or playing. To do that, I, you know, I stretch beforehand, always making that I'm um, stretching, make sure my shoulders aren't tense because I'm going to have a rough show the next day mm-hmm. if by the end of act two, my right shoulder is on concert days and stuff. I always like to be the first person there last person to leave, mm-hmm. um, A, to make um, the group that I'm working with feel welcome, B, because I also have to be there, be the first person there legally, um, and then C, um, just so I can get acclimated to the space instead of get my head in the game. Mm-hmm. So 30 minutes before your performance, you know, you're doing the warm up. patrons are coming mm-hmm. in the door, seconds before you get on the stage how do you kind of get all that anxiety out from like the the patrons talking in the audience and just like Mm -hmm. all that energy in the room you know uh i talk with the group that i'm working with backstage Mm -hmm. um because there's a lot of nervous energy there you know so if i'm conductor whatever I, I'm talking with them asking hey how do you feel you all sound great that was such a great warm-up um how is your cat doing today you, you know stuff like that you're talking yeah mm, gosh all of this talk is just making me miss like the live performing and like just, just right? kind of like the whole little family thing and then you're yeah. hearing the violins and you're just kind of like all right we're in this together team let's mm-hmm. do it it's making me miss it so much yeah <laughs> All right. Well, that's all the questions that I had. Did we want to uh, now do our audience question? Did you have one? F W O V A. First watched. Nope. First witnessed. Nope. First. Nope. Favorite. Yes. Favorite. W O V A. Favorite word? Oh, you were almost right. Work. Work. Yes. Favorite. Okay. Favorite work of. Good. Visual art. Yes. Favorite work of visual art. Visual art. Well, I'd like to say our beautiful Broken Art Podcast logo created. Whoa, <laughs> look at that. Where did that come from? What? Uh, no, I, I don't know if I have a, a specific one. 
I do know that living in New York City, I have spent many, many, many hours. I'm talking like seven hours in one day going to art museums because I, I just wow. feel so attracted to them. And I, I love getting to like just walk around, listen to music and just kind of meditate and think about stuff. I guess it's not a specific one, but it's a specific genre, a medium oh, of art. Okay, that works. Um, I always love, uh, like at the Met, um, they have this huge uh, um, granite and marble statue expedition. Mm-hmm. Expedition. Ooh. What? Are we going on a <laughs> safari? uh exhibit is what i mean <laughs> showcase uh, <laughs> but i but i really love just like uh all those greek statues and just seeing how someone can carve the smoothness the roughness the veins like the silky cloth over someone's body out of just a a rock like that is so beautiful to me and to see like bodies for like all of their mechanics and like all of their muscles and anatomy I just I love it there's something that's really beautiful about that for me I love that yeah um I guess I'm gonna go with your vein kind of as well um with a medium of art rather than like a specific thing I think that's a really really good idea um i love byzantine mosaics in like Mm. um mosques and and churches and stuff where i took an art history class um um, a year ago and it was my favorite class and my favorite section of the class was when we got to byzantine um Mm. art and stuff it was so good it was so good Mm -hmm. so good look at this callie where can they find us you can find us at Broken Art Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have a YouTube show if you want to see our lovely faces. Uh, we're also anywhere that you find your podcasts. We uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google, whatever. We are on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can submit any questions that you may have for the end of our show. If you like that little game, you can submit your questions to us using the hashtag but pod on our social medias Uh, you can also email us at broken art podcast and once again if you would like any more information on those singers masks you can also contact us through that email Uh, we have new episodes every friday and while you're here if you like the show if you like this episode why don't you give us uh, a rating give us five stars let's uh get get in the comments Get, get, get in the comments. Get, get in the comments. Um, thank you for those who have left reviews. Um, I read them and it makes my heart, my, my heart happy. But as always, my friends, take your broken heart and make it into art. See you next See week. See you next week. Goodbye.